Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie. I am your host, and I'm really excited to be here today. To be honest, I feel like I haven't recorded a podcast in weeks, but maybe it's just because I attended the longest birth of my life last weekend. Maybe it's because I batched a million episodes, so I really haven't recorded a podcast in a while. I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm glad it's over because I'm really glad to be here and recording again and answering your questions. And so today is Friday, which means we are doing three of your biggest questions in 15 minutes or less or sometimes more. Um, But the goal of today's episode is really to explore some of the unique challenges and opportunities that come with balancing the roles of doula and entrepreneur, but also parent of a toddler and wife and mom in general and just human being and woman that has her own needs. And so I want to give you some practical strategies for finding that balance and finding fulfillment, not just in your business and your doula business, but also at home with yourself, with your kids, with your partner, in every aspect of your life. Because let's be honest, it doesn't matter if you make millions of dollars, you will not think that what you're doing is successful if everything is falling apart at home. That is not success. Success is that balance. Yes, it means not worrying about finances for sure, but with that comes spending quality time with the people you love, taking care of yourself and your health. And so I don't want to forget those really important things. So let's jump into the first question today, which is, Kylie, I feel so overwhelmed and so defeated. I have four kids and I'm currently an active in-person doula. How do I find balance so I can be successful without being so stressed? And this question is from Casey. Casey's actually an amazing member inside the Birth Worker membership. And we thought this question was so good that we had to bring it here to the podcast. So the thing that I really want to ask Casey here is what does her in-person business look like? Like where is she actually spending her time? Because there's a chance that she's actually attending too many births for her preferred lifestyle. Some people, especially people without kids, can attend five, six, seven, eight births per month. I mean, there's midwives out there attending 10, 15 births per month, and they're fine, There are other people like me who can attend one, two, three births per month and feel like totally capped out when they hit three births per month. So it really depends, Casey, how many births are you attending and do you feel like that number is actually too much? Or do you feel like there's other areas and other aspects of your business that are taking up way too much of your time? That could be something that you need to look into also. And so the very first thing that Casey needs to do and that you need to do if you're struggling with this with this balance also between business and attending births and real life, like home life, is you need to do a time audit. You need to see what are you actually spending your time on. We can think that when we go to a prenatal, 
it's only a 90 minute prenatal. It just takes 90 minutes. But when you add on the drive there, the drive home, the stop for lunch, maybe you go a little bit late, you might realize that this is actually a four hour ordeal, right? That's actually really important to know and to just keep track of. Same for online business stuff. So you might think, okay, every day I'm going to go make a social media post. And it's just really quick. I just make a social media post. But maybe when you start to track your time, you realize, well, it takes you 15 minutes to come up with an idea, 30 minutes to go design it in Canva, 15 minutes to post it. And then whenever you post it, you actually get sucked into a rabbit hole. So you're on Instagram for another 30 minutes. So before you know it, it took you 90 minutes to make a single Instagram post, right? It might feel really fast but it might not be. So we need to do these kinds of time audits to first just get a really good and honest look at where you're actually spending your time in your business. Now, the tangible advice that I have for you, especially when we start stepping into true entrepreneurship and bringing in those online offers and creating free resources and creating content like a podcast or a blog and and all of these extra things that just add up, you have to be really mindful with your schedule. And so I want you to literally have work hours that you are working and time where you put your computer away, you put your phone away and you're spending time with your family. And so for me, that looks like 9am to 3pm Monday through Friday, I'm in my office working. Of course, I go have lunch with family. Of course, there's dentist appointments and soccer practices and things that I take off for. But in theory, from nine to three every single day, I should be in my office working. And I don't just stop there when I'm planning, okay? So I get really detailed about what tasks I'm doing on which day. And how I do that is every Sunday or Monday, I sit down and I dump my task list for the week. I write down all of the projects that I want to do for the week. I actually do it on a little like weekly notepad that I love. I love actually being able to write things down, cross them off, move them to the next day if I need to. But what this is doing, and we've had this conversation in Birthworker Academy just recently, because it's a conversation that really needs to be had, is you dump down all of your tasks for the week or your projects for the week, and then you put them day by day. And I want you to just put maybe three projects or three tasks every single day. So we don't want to be overloading our work day because then what happens is we get to the end of the day, we've worked really hard, but we feel like, oh my God, I didn't do anything or I didn't get to cross anything off my list. And that's really defeating. That leads to that overwhelm and that defeated feeling that Casey was talking about. So Let's not overstuff our days. Let's just have maybe three tasks per day. So that could be like, go in and email all of your in-person clients or like text them feed for for follow-up, text them, see how they're doing. It could be like, pay myself, like go into my bank accounts, pay my credit cards and pay myself. It could also be make the copywriting for the about page on my website. Like those are three awesome, very different tasks. So we have write the copy for the about page on my website. We have pay my credit cards and pay myself. That is a a short little task. And then we have text all of my in-person clients and just check in and see how they're doing. And so what you do is when you set your schedule up that way, you can check each of those things off. You can cross them off your list. And then when you get to 3 p.m., you can say, I did the three things that I was supposed to do today and I'm done. 
I'm shutting my computer. I was very successful today. I did all the things I was supposed to do. I'm done. I'm going to go spend time with my family now. And that is a really, really great way to, to keep track of what you're actually doing and to shut your computer at night and stop working. Now, what happens if we don't have this very clear task list of the things that we want to do today is that we're jumping all over the place. We are really busy, but more importantly, we get to the end of the day and we say, what did I even do? I just worked eight hours, but what did I even do? I have no freaking clue. And there's so much more to do. And so you don't shut your computer. You you leave your computer open while you're making dinner and you go play with your kids outside at night. And the whole time you're thinking, holy shit, there's so much to do at work. There's so much to do. I didn't work enough today. When in reality, you just worked five, six, seven, eight hours. You just weren't doing it in a systemized way to keep track of what you were doing, what you were spending your time on. And so this, my ho- this is my homework for you is on Sunday or Monday or whenever it's like kind of the start of your week brain dump all the tasks you want to do for the week and put them day by day, just maybe three per day and go through and check them off and just see how much less overwhelmed you feel when you're actually able to cross things off your list and watch yourself work through all of those tasks. I think it's going to be a really big game changer for you. All right. Question number two is Kind of similar. Question number two is, Kylie, what are your top tips for working from home with a toddler? And man, it's hard. (laughs) I'll tell you that whenever someone says to me, I have a newborn, so I don't want to start my business. I'll start my business when they're a toddler. I say, "Uh uh-uh, nope, you better start that business right now because you need to build that framework and that foundation because when they're a toddler, it is so much harder. So if you're listening to this and you don't have kids yet and maybe you're pregnant and maybe you're like toying with the idea of becoming a doula, but you're thinking maybe you're gonna wait till your kid's a little bit older, no, like literally start today, join the Birth Worker Academy today, get started, build that foundation. So by the time you're a toddler, Maybe you can get to a place like me where my daughter's three years old and I retired my husband so he can stay home and watch my daughter, (laughs) right? That's like the dream, being able to afford uh, to bring your husband or your partner home from work so you don't even have to worry about balancing uh, work and being a mom to a toddler. You can go to your office and shut the door and know that your kids are taken care of by their own father, which is, in my opinion so much more exciting than sending them off to school. We're like a total, we're going to be a homeschooling family for sure. Um, We're kind of obsessed with our daughter. (laughs) Anytime our family's like, oh, why don't you find a babysitter and go out for a date night? We're like, yeah, date nights are like super fun and like time is really special, but we just want to bring our daughter with us. We're those kinds of parents in case you were wondering. So beyond working really hard when your kids are young. So by the time they're toddlers, you can afford support. I guess that would be my number one tip. (laughs) Work really hard when they're really young. Um, But beyond that, I love time blocking my day. So a little bit like we talked about with that first question is, can you set a couple hours in the morning where you are just working in your office and then you come out and hang out with your family for lunchtime? And then can you block off their nap time too. So if they're taking naps still, you know that maybe you have an hour or two hours where you can work. Awesome. Make sure that's work time. And then you might even have to put in another little work time, um, time block in your calendar after they go to sleep. 
But the the number one tip beyond work really hard so you build that foundation when they're a baby is being really, really flexible. So for me, like I said, it's nine nine to three o'clock every single day I'm in, I'm in my office or I at least try to be. For you, if you're working from home with a toddler and you are that toddler's primary care person, there's nobody else there, There's your partner's not home, it's not going to be a nine to three thing. And it's not even going to be like a nine to 1030 thing because you don't know when they're going to wake up. You don't know what kind of mood they're going to be in today. You don't know if you're even going to be able to work today. So my number one thing for you is to be extremely flexible. Have those couple tasks that you want to do and just fit them in whenever you can, but be really serious about writing those tasks down. Because if we don't have those three things that we need to do today, I mean, we could find a million things to do, right? Being a business owner and being an entrepreneur, there's no shortage of tasks to do. If I was locked in my office for 10 years straight, you better believe I would literally never finish. There, I would never finish. There's always more tasks. So we need to put boundaries around those tasks so we can clock out, check out, and go be a good mom to our kids. And so, yes, follow the tips that I told Casey, um, create those time blocking schedules, create your task list, and be really flexible when you're working from home with a toddler. And really, you're here, so I know you know this, but really focus on building income beyond stuff that needs you to be on call or even on Zoom or like showing up live, right? So this is part three of my three-pronged birth work, strategy to sustainable birth work, and it's the passive stuff. So it's the the online courses, the eBooks, the resources that people literally can just buy from your website. You don't have to be on call in person. You don't have to show up live for a Zoom call. Nada, nothing. It's completely optimized, completely systemized. Um, for instance, our childbirth educator training program People can go to my website, purchase that whenever. Slightly different than my Birthworker Academy because Birthworker Academy comes with one-on-one calls and group coaching calls. So I'm still showing up on Zoom, which is an amazing prong to this sustainable birth work. It's really important. But I really want you to also focus on building the sustainable, uh, recurring, hands-off part of your business. So that's pre-recorded courses, eBooks, etc. All right. Question number three. Of course, we're already past 15 minutes because who am I? (laughs) Okay. Question number three. Uh, This is from Lexi. This is a really important question. So if you're uh, daydreaming, come back to me. And Lexi said, I know you don't need a certification to be a good doula. Yes, she's right. But she says, but what am I supposed to do when a client's hospital, quote unquote, requires proof of certification? It seems like hospitals are picking up this trend and only allowing doulas with certifications from one of their quote-unquote approved organizations. Uh, This question is, it hurts my soul because it's happening. It is seriously happening and I'm not okay with it. It's not okay. It sucks. It's, you know, they're bringing these regulations into birth work. And it used to be midwives and and doctors, and now they're even bringing it to doulas. Not all over, but definitely in some of the the bigger cities, um, sometimes California and New York, or even some cities and some states in the Midwest. And so first of all, if a hospital requires you to have 
proof of certification. I want you to know that, especially in the United States and most other countries in the world, doula certification is not like some accredited board thing. So there's no like accreditation board that only offers certifications to certain organizations. Like that doesn't exist. So it's not like, for instance, fitness training. So personal trainers, fitness trainers need certification to practice legally. They have to go to certain certification certifying bodies to get their certifications legally to practice this stuff. It's not like that with doula work. Okay. So any organization that offers certification is it's not accredited. So we offer certification in birth worker Academy, full spectrum doula certification. It's not accredited. There's no like organization accreditation body that's coming to us to make sure something specific is happening. It's just not happening. And you could go to Dona and get a certification. It's not accredited, right? So you could go to any of these places, get a certification. They really don't mean jack shit. <laughs> just to be honest, Um, that being said, if you go to a hospital that requires proof of certification, there's no reason that your own business cannot certify you as a doula, right? So if you own a business, you could literally certify yourself as a doula. And that is well within the realms of legality because remember, doula work is not an accreditation board certification type of thing. Anything that's giving certification is really should be calling itself a certificate of completion. So that's kind of how everyone gets around it. It's a, you're, you've completed the program, but again, it really doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Um, that being said, there are hospitals that are picking up on this trend and only quote unquote allowing doulas with certifications from certain organizations. That is, um, really horrible. That is a huge conversation that I should probably do a whole episode on. Um, I think that's like going against mom's right to, to care. Um, so yeah, definitely not a fan of that, but let me give you some practical advice. And that practical advice is you're not a doula anymore. (laughs) You're a friend. You're showing up for this person as a friend and as a support person, you're not showing up in the doula roll with your doula hat on. And you can show up in support of your friend as how whatever you want to do. You can bring the education. You can bring everything you learned in your doula training and through years of being a doula. But in that hospital with that client, you are now a friend and you are not a doula. And that client should have the right to have guests and family members and friends in that room with her. That being said not always. So COVID taught us a lot of stuff about birth, a lot of stuff about navigating healthcare systems. um, And a lot of shit came up. And part of that is that, I mean, sometimes hospitals are going to put their foot down and they're not going to allow you in. And so that just goes to show just how important our role is. Like in what world would you not allow a support person in to support a mom giving birth? Like how, how does that make any sense? And so if you want to just dive in a little bit more to, I guess, hospital birth and regulations and everything behind giving birth in the system, I really love the book called Born in the USA. Let me grab it. I have it on my shelf real quick. 
Okay, it's called Born in the USA, How How a Broken Maternity System Must Be Fixed to Put Women and Children First. It's by Marsden Wagner, um, and it is a book that I used to require for Birthworker Academy. Now we just have a recommended reading list. I don't require people to read a bunch of books like I used to, but it is a it is just such an eye-opener of what we are up against with the system. And so phenomenal question, Lexi. I wish I had a really straightforward answer for you, but the number one thing that you need to know is that certification is not mandatory to be a fantastic doula. Certification from Birthworker Academy is no different than certification from something like Dona or Best or Kappa or anything like that. Um, it's it's really just kind of a made-up thing, <laughs> uh, which I just have to tell you, like I have to be upfront. Yes, I have a doula training program. Yes, you can apply for certification through that program, but I would not be working in integrity if I pretended that it really meant something. Yes, if you want to attend births in the hospital, sometimes you have to play the games. Sometimes you have to play the system. Sometimes you're going to have to get certified to bring your certification to the hospital to play their little games. It's part of it, right? And sometimes if you want to still attend birth in the hospital and they, they're not allowing doulas from, for some reason, you're going to have to play the game, right? You're going to have to be the friend or the sister-in-law or whoever you need to be to support this person in the hospital. So super unfortunate that doulas are put in this position, but also we don't have to play the game. That's the number one thing that I need you to remember. We as birth workers can opt out of playing that little game of nonsense. We can support people outside of the system. We can support people as coaches and friends. We can do whatever we have to do to still support our clients. Um, and if that means jumping through hoops and playing, playing the game and calling us something different than a doula, then hey, go for it. Because you're not here to uh, toe the line. You're not here to do what these big hospitals and big organizations want you to do right? That's not why you became a doula. You became a doula or a birth worker or a midwife or a lactation cult consultant or whoever you are listening to this. You became a birth worker to support the moms. So let's go back to that. And if that includes jumping through those hoops or playing their game, feel free to play the game. Feel free to opt out and say, you know what? I'm not attending births in the hospital. But also if you want to, feel free to play that game. That's what you're going to have to do if you really want to support moms and continue supporting moms. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. I will see you back here on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we are going to talk about cannabis use in pregnancy. It's an interview I did with my student and my friend, Sydney. She is from cannabirth.co. And we're going to be talk about, we're going to be talking about all of the myths surrounding cannabis use in pregnancy and what birth workers can do to support their clients better when it comes to cannabis use during pregnancy pregnancy and birth because they're not teaching that in doula training programs. I can guarantee you that even uh, my doula training program, Birthworker Academy, uh, we go into things that almost every other doula training program does not go into. We also don't touch uh, cannabis use just because there's, there's too many topics, right? There's too many topics, but I needed to bring you this interview. So Sydney's going to come on Wednesday, chat about cannabis use. 
If you want to submit your question for next Friday's episode, just go to the show notes or go to birthworker.com slash ask, and you can submit your question and I can answer it right here on the podcast. And if you do not want to wait till next Friday to get your questions answered, if you want to join my community, my business focused community, where you can ask questions 24 seven day after day, where you can jump on zoom calls with me and with our other coaches and just have a huge community, honestly, of visionary birth workers to help support you in growing your birth focused business, then you got to check out the birth worker membership. The birth worker membership is one of my favorite things I've ever created. We don't talk about birth. We don't talk about supporting birth. It's for people who are already established doulas who just want to grow their business. So it is a 100% business focused community. We talk about social media, websites, organization. We have guest speakers come on. We have coaching calls. We have challenges every single month. We talk about using Instagram to sell your offers. We talk about webinars and using chat GPT to create content. It is just an amazing, amazing community. I think we have over 120 women right now. To be honest, I haven't checked in a couple weeks, but I think we have over 120 women right now, all with the same goal to make birth work a full-time income without the stress, right? Without the stress, without the financial struggle, and really make this a lifelong career so they won't burn out, so they can do the three-pronged approach to birth work. They can do the in-person support when they want to, but they can also do the online coaching and the group programs, and they can sell the passive courses online and really, really just make this a sustainable career that they love waking up every single morning and going to their office and shutting the door and going to work. That is my goal. So if you are 100% ready to make this whole doula thing a sustainable lifelong career, go to birthworker.com slash membership. Check out the membership. If you ever have any questions before you join, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at birthworkerpodcast. Me and my team would be super happy to answer any questions just to make sure it's the perfect fit for you. But I will see you next week. I will see you in the membership. And I cannot thank you enough for being here. So thank you so much. I will talk to you soon.